Hello, everybody. Welcome to Comedy Film Nerds, episode 330. Oh, halfway to 660. And, uh... Pre Comic Con, pre Free Comic Con, <laughs> we have to ramp up for a Comic Con. We do. It's there's a lot going on. There's a lot to prepare mentally, <laughs> physically, luggage wise. Luggage wise, got to bring you know hand sanitizer. It's funny. I filled up. I filled up my hand sanitizer this morning because I was just on the road, and then when I was, I was. Looking to what like what shirt I was going to wear, and I was like, "Well, I can't. Those are those are Comic Con shirts. Right. I, can't, I, yeah, can't, yeah. I can't bring those. I can't wear that one." I got my Mike Mignola shirt. I got that one, and then I've got uh, you know, and then sedatives. You need those as well <laughs> after the after a few days. <laughs> you definitely need sedatives. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I uh, I want to thank everybody. I came out to I did was performing up in Lake Tahoe with uh, David Gee and Howie Nave. That was a lot of fun. Uh, the improv up there is beautiful, Lake Tahoe. Um, which was nice because every morning I woke up to some horrifying act of violence and then, uh, you know. You so went bike riding. I went bike riding because <laughs> if I watch the news, I'm going to jump out of my window. Right. That's uh, why they're sealed. That's why, <laughs> that's why they're sealed. <laughs> Might be for the gamblers, too. Right. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it, w- it was great to be up there in, uh, in Tahoe and uh, we are excited for Comic-Con. We will be doing uh, Rick Meyer's Kung Fu Extravaganza as we do every year. This is like the fourth or fifth year we've done it. Thursday, 8 p.m. Always Thursday at 8 p.m. 8 p.m.? Yes. Okay. And I think it's one of the longest panels in it's, all of Comic-Con. Isn't Comic it 19th Con. or 20 years or something he's been doing this? Uh, yes. I- I'm even talking about lengthwise. It's a two and a half hour <laughs> <panel>. <laughs> Yes. Yes. <laughs> I've never been on a two and a half hour panel. That's the only time is when we do his. Right. And usually it's like an hour. That's a long panel. 90 minutes. Okay. Two hours. Wow. That went long. Yeah. Two and a half hours just seems like a little excessive. No. No. <laughs> I don't think it's long enough. You know what's I want to talk about, I could talk about martial art movies for 12 hours. Like we should have a 12 hour like marathon marathon a mar- uh, fundraiser marathon. Well, that that's what's interesting about it. And we're raising money so I can buy throwing stars. Right. <laughs> It's, it's one of those two and a half hour problems, but it doesn't feel like two and a half hours. It's a blast. It's so much fun, and uh, the audience loves it, and they're really into it. And you know what? I've been watching year to year to year. No one leaves early, and everyone gets up to be in the pictures at the end. It's the it's greatest great. thing. It's so so much fun. if you're down at Comic Con and if you've never been there before, come by. Yes. Uh, it's like Chris said, Thursday at eight o'clock, and uh, Wednesday I'm doing uh, Doug Loves Movies at American Comedy Company. Yes. And we want to thank Kickstarter for buying us dinner. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> Well, they should. Yes. We brought them a lot of money, Kickstarter. Yes. We've done, what, three projects now? Yes. So We're very uh, very uh, pleased that we have our own rep now. That, uh, that Kickstarter is, like, watching us. So, you guys, if you fund three projects, you get yeah. a sandwich. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you, get a, you get a guy that'll just come to your house and say, hey, how you doing? How you doing? You guys need anything? Yeah. So, I'm hoping he gets his, I don't know, we should get shoes or something. Yeah, something, Kickstarter shoes? Kickstarter shoes, yeah. That'd be pretty cool, actually. <laughs> where that came from? It's not. We don't even have Touch of Modern as a sponsor shoes? this yeah. week, so I don't know why I'm, I'm angling for shoes. So let's, let's introduce, let's our, introduce guest. our guest. Now, yeah. this is a, this is a really cool guest in a lot of levels. First time, first guest. time guest, mm-hmm. also a documentary filmmaker. Yes, for real, real one. Yes, <laughs> not, not fake ones like you and I. Uh, not stand-up comics that happen to yeah. get a camera. Yeah, there's actual issues in our. In our <laughs> In her film. She's, she's not just, didn't just bring a camcorder to Afghanistan and called it a movie. Um, and uh, and we met her and uh, at the San Francisco Doc Fest last yes. month, mm-hmm. which was so cool. She's got an amazing film, East LA Interchange, that we're going to talk about later on mm-hmm. uh, today. Uh, please welcome Betsy Kalin. 
Hello. It's really great to be here. Thanks. It was so cool. You guys um, uh, came to our uh, screening. Yes. At, at, at SF Doc Fest, which mm-hmm. was so cool. Because I don't know, did did some other filmmakers come? I can't remember. Yeah, there were a couple. Yeah, for sure. Which and is then, a, that's the festival thing. The vibe. It's yeah, the best. You're right. supposed to. Like yeah. uh, one of the uh, one of the festival organizers goes, "Yeah, a lot of the filmmakers don't go to the other screenings." I'm like, "Why? That's the whole point of coming to a film festival. You go to your screenings, you go to the other screenings, and you just you watch I saw, films all day." I think I saw three or four docs. Up yes. There. Yeah. yeah, that was same the point. thing. You're it, supposed to. It's great, and you get to meet the other filmmakers, and then you right. all get to commiserate about what a horrible process it is. <laughs> yes, exactly. Especially, about especially the doc one. <laughs> what was so funny? You and tell me your partner's name again. Chris. Chris. Um, you guys came up after because there was Julia W. D. Harrison, who is in the movie, was at the screening. We love Julia. She listens to the show. Asked like, "Why did it take so long?" And we were like, "Dude, like <laughs> two and a half years is nothing." And you came up, we're like, "Oh, because yep. your film took ten years." That yeah, I just had a heart attack, like a small, slight <laughs> that's heart why attack. I had to come up and talk to you and be like, two and a half years. That's good. That's good. Yes. That's good. You didn't. You didn't change decades. No. Like, no. I mean, you didn't have several presidents throughout that, throughout that. <laughs> um, the editing process. Oh, God. Um, so let me, let's ask real quick, what what other films at, at SF Doc Fest did you see that you really? Um, I saw the opening night film, mm-hmm. the one about the surfers, which was. Re- that I wanted to see. That was the female big wave yeah, surfers. Yeah, that was oh, yeah, really yeah. interesting. And then actually while I was in town, I went down to, to the beach to see if we could see any in person. We didn't see any that day. But Did you go down to like Half Moon Bay? You yeah, went to- no, we went to Ocean Beach because oh, that's where a lot of them surf is at uh, Ocean Beach. So Northern California surfers are crazy. That water is so cold. Like I feel like such a candy ass. <laughs> like and they, the tide, like the currents are horrible. Chicago, I know. Like you, 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 uh, well, I didn't you know go cold is. Yeah, but you but don't you go. You didn't go surfing in Lake Michigan <laughs> no. in the winter, so I have no idea what. The, what was that film like? Because I really wanted to see that. Yeah, it was really good. It was interesting to see like how the women get treated by the other male surfers, mm. and it's still you know pretty sexist and so they just kind of bonded together and now all surf together so they'll go out and do like really hardcore competitions as a group that's great yeah that that's a thing that so bums me out when i see that it just in the I mean, anywhere it bums me out but in the surf community i'm just like why did why does that have to be a thing why can't it right. just be surf like surfing is such a pure awesome thing that like here's the thing I love about about living at the beach and being a surfer. If you see, and this is, I challenge anyone to try this. If you see a surfer of any gender, any ethnicity, walking away from the beach, and their hair's wet and they got a board under their arm, just walk up and go, "How was it?" And they'll all go, "Oh, dude, it was nice. The waves mm-hmm. are this." Like I love, and that's to me like what the surfing community should be. And that there's a stupid gender line makes like, it's yeah, it's, it's, it's infuriating. Well, I was in the North Shore of Hawaii like several years ago and I was watching all the surfers and this woman gets out after like doing these amazing, amazing things and I go up to her and I'm like, hey, can I have a picture? And she's like, okay, here, where do you want to be? And she thought that I wanted a picture of me. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, no, you. You, You're a professional surfer. You're awesome. awesome. (laughs) Not me, you. Because I met... um, Afterwards, did you go, and I want you to take just a picture. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have any money? I need yeah. cab fare back to Waikiki. Um, no, I met, uh, I, I've kind of become 
sort of friends a little bit with Kiala Kennelly, who is like right. an amazing. Is she in that doc? Yeah. Oh, she is. I met her. I was I was hosting some shows on Fuel TV back when Fuel TV before uh, they became I don't know F- FX or <laughs> Fight Fight, Fight Squad or whatever they're yeah. called now. Um. Who knows? What, I don't know what happened, but it was back when it was an extreme sports network. And mm-hmm. so there was this show called The Daily Show that I was on, and mm-hmm. I was sort of the comedy surf correspondent. And uh, it's probably called Pulse or Beat or some dumb TMZ <laughs> name now. <laughs> sure. Um, and so I was in I was in Oahu, and, and Jeff Tully, one of the producers on the show, like introduced me to her because I was doing shows over there. And I was like trying to set up an interview or whatever. And anyway, she just came to the show and she was like, and I watch footage of her. She is teeny. She and she every winter. I was just in in Maui, and I didn't get to see her because there's there's just giants waves. So she's busy. She's dialing into fifty foot waves, man. I know. She had a Facebook post about three four years ago. She was in um, Tahiti and uh, Chopu, that gnar the, the most heaviest gnarliest wave I've ever seen, and she got she wiped out and had like a gash on her face from the coral. And I remember she just posted that on Facebook, and I was like, you are a stone-cold badass. Like, <laughs> and I don't know why anyone can't acknowledge that is, 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 is stupid to me. But I, so overall, the doc was good, though. Yeah, Na- was, what was the name of that doc? That's a great question. Oh, man. I forgot the name of it, too. <laughs> um, anyway, it's called like... Oh, Ain't Pretty? Something? Something. Oh, this is driving me crazy. It was so long ago. Oh, it's June. Uh, uh, anyway. So, well, it'll come to you. It'll come to me. <laughs> so uh, we got a lot of movies. We do have a lot of movies today. to talk about. We're going to do Ghostbusters, The Secret Life of Pets, Purge, Election Year, and we're going to talk about Betsy's movie, East L.A. Interchange. But let's talk about Ghostbusters. Okay. So uh, I saw it over the weekend with the uh, the whole family, and I'll tell you, I think Tom Merritt just nailed it. He's like, go in with lower expectations. and it's, Watch it as its own movie. Watch it as its own movie. You know, don't compare it to... Although it's interesting... They made it very difficult to do that. And the reason is, is because every like 10, 15 minutes, there is a East, an Easter egg or a cameo from the first movie. So as this movie's struggling to find its own footing, it's like, no, 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 remember that first movie that you really liked? Here, mm-hmm. here's Bill Murray. Here's Dan Aykroyd. Mm-hmm. Here's a bust of Harold Ramis. Here's Slimer. Here's like all the stuff from, you know, the first movie. Right. So... It had a weird identity thing where, yeah, it wants to be its own movie, but also play homage to the the old film. Now, um, it's, it's it really falls in the middle. It's not a terrible film by any stretch of imagination. It's fun. It's funny. It's it's got a lot of energy. The uh, leads are great in it. They're really funny. But the on the other hand, like some of the jokes fall flat. A lot of it, some some of it looks like some missed opportunities. And then a couple things look like well that was kind of a like towards the end like that's kind of weird choice or decision that you make like mm-hmm. like the the uh premise is different where it's actually a villain a human character who is like setting up these weird devices to increase paranormal activity in new york so you actually have a a um basically a human villain throughout the film and not as much was done with him because he was really weird and creepy like that loner kind of guy i'm like okay well that's but then like it didn't really go anywhere with it and then the same thing with chris hemsworth as the dumb secretary he's like you know the good looking guy who's really <laughs> mm-hmm. stupid and then okay but it's a one joke thing it's a sketch joke you know you keep bringing it back over and over it doesn't go anywhere or play anywhere mm-hmm. so and that's one of the um one of the issues is sometimes it feels like interrelated sketches like 
The characters are great. They're funny. You just um, don't expect too much. That's such a. That's, and, and we've talked about this before. That's such a. That's such a tough issue. That's a challenge with a, a comedy feature film, right? And having written some comedy scripts, mm-hmm. it, so often you, I've fallen into this dilemma of like, well, we've got these funny little scenes, right? How do we string them together? Right. How does how does this um, fit into a compelling narrative that keeps me interested? And sometimes you sometimes thing. you don't need it. Sometimes <laughs> sometimes you just need some thin like we got to save the teen center. Absolutely. And, I mean, look at you know if you go back to the history of comedy films like the Marx Brothers, how much plot and story were in the right. movies? Yeah, nothing. Yeah. What's Cat- yeah, I mean, Caddyshack yeah. is a golf tournament? <laughs> right. Like, right. My, exactly. So the Blues Brothers is they got to save the orphanage. Like yeah, it's always yeah, just some it, thin, yeah. thin, thin, thin. And that's perfectly fine. Now the thing that this movie did was really interesting. Like some of the stuff was like borderline scary. Like they kind of mm-hmm. uh, edged up the uh, scares. The effects looked really good. Um, but the thing, and it was hurt by the trailers. I really think this movie was hurt by the trailers because some of the funniest scenes they in the film ruin. They ruin comedy yeah, films it, with trailers. It, yeah. It's like ruin it, them. It was so typical. Like, all right, well, we're going to market this just the way we ruin every other comedy movie, <laughs> and we're going to we're going to give you an out of text, out of context joke that's going to be really funny in the movie, but in a trailer, it's going to fall flat. And that's exactly what happened. Like some of the funniest jokes were in the trailer, but when you see them in context in the film, they're a lot funnier. And you really saw this as like the birth of a franchise. You know, now we're going to have more Ghostbusters movies with these characters. I'm actually looking forward to the next one where now we've established these characters. Now let's kind of... Let go of the past. Let go of the past, yeah. And now let's see, let's see what you can do with these new characters. Let's get a little more insight. Let's see more chemistry. And, and it was all like, it really felt like an introduction. You know what it felt like? Kind of like, uh, like the first Star Trek movie. You know, here's new characters. Oh, the reboot. The, yeah, the yeah, reboot. The, the, but, yeah. but you know, we're going to pay homage to the old stuff, but then this is what we're going to add that's new. Um, that was probably not the best comparison, but that's kind of what it looked like they were going well, for. Well, now, Betsy, you said, so your film East LA Interchange was at Outfest last week? No, or? it's, um, I just go to Outfest oh, you just go to every Outfest. year. Okay. Yeah, that's actually where I met Chris. Oh, right. Yeah, right so on. we just celebrated our five-year anniversary. <laughs> nice. well, that's awesome. So, but they had a special screening uh, last Wednesday at the Ford Theater yes. where they showed Ghostbusters, and that was Insane, like right. it was like the mm-hmm. best crowd ever. I mean, everybody's gay or lesbian, you know, just right. LGBT, right. and loved it. Like they had, you know, the big blow up, stay puffed. And- <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, the thing that's been intriguing for me, I haven't, I haven't seen it yet, and oh, and also stay cameo too. Like it's like literally every fifteen yes. minutes you get to see something. I, I'm really because my first instance when the first trailer I saw when I first heard about it, I just my first instinct is I don't want to see a comedy remake. I don't care what the cast is. Right. I'm like, man, mm-hmm. just yeah. let it be its own thing. And then um, the more, like having Tom Merritt on the show, hearing what right. he was, hearing what you're saying, and then Laura House wrote a review. Mm-hmm. So Rick Myers and Laura House both have reviews. And, and they're not in sync. They're not in sync. No, they are not in sync at all. <laughs> they're two different uh, perspectives, and it's a, it's a great read. It's a great go. read. Both of them are great reads. I, mm-hmm. I really like what Laura had to say, and I was like, oh, this sounds... Because I, I, I did the same thing. I watched the trailer and go, man, you know, and obviously we talk about this a lot on the show. We're comedians. We're hypercritical of a comedy. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. But what I'm hearing is Even like- Even more hypercritical of trailer editing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, I, they should like let a comedian edit these right. trailers right. because they ruin them. Um, and then reading Laura's review and then hearing about it, I'm, I'm really actually kind of excited to see this movie now and hearing mm-hmm. their reaction to it. And then hearing about this awful shit that Leslie Jones was having to deal with on Twitter is 
like it's 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 people were sending her like pictures of apes and stuff and like it's it's that makes me go and she has some of the funniest lines and scenes in the film in the film it's just so hard i mean to have uh, that just to have the hostility towards women, you know, in film in general, and mm-hmm. then to have an all-female or mostly female cast mm-hmm. that's doing it. I mean, everybody that I know just wants to go out just to support it anyways, just because mm-hmm. of all the, you know. And that's a shame. It's really, we, we need to get to the point where movies get supported if they're good. Exactly. They if they're bad. Yeah, <laughs> just that's, that's it. it. That's, that's it. it. That's all. That's and the like only people don't hate a movie before even seeing it. Right. It's it's like, and the thing is, and, and you know, I've, the the... Being a celebrity in general is like, I'm not one, but I have a little bit of that. And I've gotten some, you fucking suck. I hate you. I hope you die in a fire. And it's just like, because of jokes I made on a podcast? Like, and the more famous you get, the more of those you're getting. It's a percentage. It's a percentage. And then it's even more if you're a female or you're now you're a minority. It's just like. And if you're in the spotlight, especially in like, you know, this, you know some kind of any kind of controversy too the good news is we have 24-hour news cycles so everything blows over in about 48 hours so, uh, well the, but, new, the news the news well yeah this is my little diatribe the news media needs controversy put, well, yeah. they, put need, nudes, they need to put news in there the reason they, they need that though the like hey everybody's getting along isn't good for ratings right or sponsors Right, it's yeah, not. They need. They need fight. They need red, right. blue. They need mm-hmm. race issues. They need. You know. Uh, so I, I will say yeah. this. Uh, this movie. The couple other points I wanted to make is uh, we went as a family. We went uh, with another family, mm-hmm. and the other family's kids are the same age as ours, like eleven and eight, mm-hmm. and it's also girl boy. And this is um, for the parents out there too. It, it's interesting to see, like you know, you have to know your kids. There's a certain range of things they can tolerate, and how mm-hmm. they can't like. Uh, my son, he was fine with like the ghosts and scariness and stuff, but uh, the other eight-year-old boy got scared and he had to go and sit next to his mom. Oh. So it's it's one of those things where if you have a younger kid, eight or under, just make sure you he can handle like it. Did the mom call him scared. a pussy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Supportive parenting. <laughs> that's really, that's the kind of parenting right. we need. It's tough movie life. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Right. That's what, what Man up. So. Uh, <laughs> But th- I'll tell you, yeah, like Tom nailed it. it. This movie is really right in the middle. Like it's it's by no means a home run, but it's also it's fun. It's watchable. It's a it's a fun summer movie, and the the casts are funny, the uh, leads are funny and engaging. Um, you know, there, there's a couple dumb sketch jokes that recur over and over that you sure. don't need. But let's be honest. I mean, the fir- if you go back and watch the first Ghostbusters, which we right. all love, yes. that's not a perfect. It's not, no, I mean, this is, no. These are, these and, are just uh, the, the second comedies. one's not the, even very good The second good one, you know, <laughs> that one with the dancing toaster. Yeah, although Peter McNichol was hilarious. And right. Watch him again. <laughs> um, all right. So, um, so yeah, it, it, it's, it's worth your time for sure. Uh, just, again, manage your expectations. All right. So... And you want to do Purge? Uh, let's do Purge. Let's do Purge. Election, election year. Um, so I have seen all of these movies, and they are – I really like the social commentary of them because I feel like if Trump gets elected, we will have the Purge. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really – and in this last – like, again, this last – the same director's done all three, James DeMonica. Mm-hmm. And so each each movie you've seen an increased budget. So then what they've done is they've just widened the scope. 
Mm-hmm. The first movie took place in a house on a street. The right. second movie took place in L.A. Um, this movie takes... In Washington, right? This place takes place in D.C., but mm-hmm. it is really... You see the whole nation. You get to see behind the curtain of the new founding fathers. And it was and, actually filmed in Rhode Island. Yeah. And, I, <laughs> and, um, and how sinister and evil it is. And, and the filmmakers are making very clear connections to our current country and the the disparity of wealth and the wealthy people and they show these new founding fathers and they're just like look everyone needs to understand everybody doesn't get to have things so we got to thin they literally just talk we created this to get rid of poor people so that we don't have to give up our way of living and it's like oh wow that sounds familiar (laughs) um and the thing that's that's horrifying about it in a in a good way as a like i guess as like a film, it's a decent film in terms of how they tell the story. And the now characters. the trailer actually made it look much creepier than the other two. It, was it creepier? Oh god, the masks are creepier. Mm-hmm. The thing that was even creepier is they show like the wanton violence. So there's these like rich private school girls that are pissed off that they they're trying to shoplift and steal a candy bar like the day two days before the purge or whatever. So then they come back and it's terrifying they're in like cute sexy outfits with these horrifying masks and guns and machetes and you're just like oh god this is like it's 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 terrifying because you go this is what and and one girl's like yeah i just purged my parents and now i'm coming to get my candy bar and you're just like it shows like if this were to happen it shows and we're seeing this in the news violence begets violence begets more violence Mm -hmm. like it doesn't Mm -hmm. fix anything like you know, the, the, the everyone has a gun makes the country safer. Well, then America should be the safest country on the face of the earth, and yeah. we're not. There's no, uh, there's no violent act that is followed by, okay, we're done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. Yeah, yeah. I, I hear what you have to say. Well, except yeah. for nuclear anni- annihilation. Well, yeah. yeah. Then yeah. That, that's, when there's no one left. Yeah, sure. when there's no one left. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> the end of uh, the second planet of the yeah. apes. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so that's like... Good luck, cockroaches. And, and yeah. And so... In the first two movies, the you see you see the disparity of it in the sense that anyone's fair game except high ranking elected officials. Right, they're exempt. They're exempt. Mm-hmm. So here's this this woman who's a senator who when she was a teenager, her family was purged in front of her. Mm-hmm. And her whole campaign is get rid of the get purge. rid of it, get rid of it. And she's tracking in the polls. So then oh Because it's in the future, twenty twenty five. Twenty twenty five. So guess what? The day before the purge, oh High-ranking officials, so they can go assassinate her. Like, then they send a hit squad out like to get all high-ranking officials, or was it just like after her? All high-ranking officials. So they go after her, and she's and you know her security de- head of security is the guy from the last movie mm-hmm. who had this sort of you know he wanted to get purge revenge in the the second purge movie, and then has this sort of you know change of heart like oh god i'm getting caught up in this i don't want to do this anymore so he's the head of her security and he's like all right bunker we're locking you down she's like nope i'm staying in my home because i i got to be a person of the people you know and and so he's got a protector and all this crazy shit happens and you see and you also see like there's an underground movement to stop the purge and then they want to like you know, there's talk of assassinating her opponent. And she's like, if you do that, he becomes a martyr, which is what I would say to anyone that's against Donald Trump. Don't kill him. Because yeah. <laughs> we can't let this guy become a martyr. Just yeah. let him eat himself. Right. Um, so it's it's really, it's, it's, 
they're pretty graphic and that's hard to watch sometimes and that's I, I don't like watching that but it's it's the social commentary about America just it's biting. It's I'm it's sure. it's brutal because mm-hmm. it's 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 so it feels too real that I walk out of there like ugh. You know, and then you turn on the news every day and there's a news. Yeah, it's like is the purge movie in ten years gonna be a newsreel? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's brutal. It's brutal. Because so. they the way they have you seen any of the films? I have not. Because well, the other thing they do is they create the fake news footage mm-hmm. of actually it's happening. Like this is going on in this city, this is going on in this city. And it looks they do it grainy like it's uh, you know, basically you know, user-generated content. Right. Security cameras yeah. and so iPhones. it looks and... so real and it makes it all the more disturbing. And what's disturbing too is in this one, they really incorporate, so her opponent is, you know, a, a big pro in the New Founding Fathers and they incorporate religion and it's like such a commentary on religion and mm-hmm. how you can rationalize anything. You can use... And they're all like, oh, we need this... You know, the Founding Fathers want us to purge and God wants us to purge and it's just like... Wow, it is. It's religion can justify anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, so I'm not a Catholic yeah. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so now uh, I saw a movie equally as horrifying and disturbing. Uh, <laughs> the Secret, the Secret Life, Life of Pets, of Pets. Is the, is yeah. the Purge of animation. Um, afterwards, films? I felt uneasy. <laughs> I, uh, I eventually the uh, animals are going to take over and yeah. <laughs> yeah. they're going to purge humans. So, it's yeah. coming. And this was, uh, now first a little bit of trivia. This is the first film to make a hundred million in the U S that isn't a sequel or based on a previous par- property. Oh wow. That alone is horrifying. Mm-hmm. Uh, so here's the thing about this movie. It was very sloppily put together. It was clearly made just to, um, you know, make kids happy with, you know, funny, fun, you know, characters and pets and put like a lot of inside jokes for pet owners like, see, your dog does that or your cat does that mm-hmm. or whatever. So um, it's a very empty film. Like when you look at movies like like Pixar, what they're doing, even like Finding Dory, where right. there's a heart and there's a story and there's it were like Inside Out where it goes even beyond, you know, what you would expect from an animated film. This film has none of those things. This is like a Madagascar movie. And uh uh, it bothers me because it, it has so much potential. It, you know, we've seen how great animated films can be. Why are we still seeing a deluge of subpar ones like mm-hmm. this one and like the one you know that you're going to see, Ice Age? You know, these yeah. are oh, all. Thanks are, for sharing yes. that. <laughs> these are these are terrible movies. Uh, you so, sound like that's more of like a homework assignment, yeah. Betsy. Like <laughs> I gotta go see Ice Age. But but here here's the thing: it has a lot of famous, funny people in it, but. And again, this is the difference between um, competent animation houses and, you know, um, filmmakers and animation houses that miss the mark. When you look at a character like Marlon, um, you know, Nemo's father, it's Albert Brooks. Very funny. But it's not just Albert Brooks voicing a fish. There's character traits in that character. He's an overprotective father that merges Albert Brooks's personality with the personality mm-hmm. of the animated character. These had none of that. No characters were created in the making of this film. <laughs> so what it was like, it was like, okay, Kevin Hart, you be funny, and then we'll just animate a bunny. Right. And then you know, Albert Brooks, you be funny, and we'll just animate a, you know, a falcon or whatever. And like Louis C.K., you just be Louis C.K., and we'll draw a dog around your voice. I mean, that's really all it was, is famous, funny people 
and none of these characters were interesting. Even like you know these ridiculous um, like little press sound bites. Like the character of Ricky is referenced as a homage to Boys in the Hood. Nope, didn't get that. That not at all. <laughs> uh, Gidget's owners are based on Louis C.K. and Ellen DeGeneres. Nope, not even in the slightest. <laughs> so uh, you know you have all these things. None of this stuff translated. So. Uh, there wasn't really much of a story, you know, they get lost, another dog comes home, he, he, the one dog is mad. It, it, it's really, it's one of those movies that was shoved down your throat with the marketing. Like, what kid didn't know about this right. movie? What adult didn't know about this right. movie? And the entire beginning of the film is the trailers. Like, all the owners leave, and then you see what all the pets are doing. But it literally, you're like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm watching the five trailers that they cut together. Now, this is the first ten minutes of the film. So it, it was really, um, uh, it was not a good movie. I feel like the 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 way, the way you talk about animation, I feel it's like it's like the superhero movies. There's so many good ones, like that. Right. When a bad one comes out, you're just like, did you not watch? Right, mm-hmm. exactly. That's what yeah. it felt like. Have you never seen a Pixar movie? <laughs> Have you never seen Wreck It Rob? You never seen any of these movies? God, watch Snow White or anything. Well, yeah. I love when they, you know, make movies that are not just for kids, but for adults. Mm-hmm. So you can actually go with your family yes. and enjoy the film and mm. not have to suffer through it. So right. this sounds like they just... This was like... Do you have kids? <laughs> I do not. I have I have nieces and nephews. Ah, uh, yeah. This was um, aimed squarely at... Although this is interesting. It had like uh, crossover with like pet owners. Like if you have a dog or multiple dogs or cats, you'd be like, oh yeah, my that's probably what my dog's thinking. Like that kind of like mm-hmm. connection. But... It's such a thin <laughs> connection that it's really not worth much. It's more that the uh, the kids were like overburdened with all of the marketing being shoved at them from everything from the buses to the TV mm-hmm. shows and everything that you know they uh, every kid wanted to go see this movie. All right. Well, let's let's talk about. I want to talk about your film. Okay. Let's yes. talk about East LA Interchange, which um, I saw, and it was. Uh, well, you t- 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 tell us just. Tell people what it's about. Sure. So East L.A. Interchange looks at a neighborhood in East L.A. called Boyle Heights. And it's one of the oldest neighborhoods in Los Angeles. And it looks at the history from the 1940s to the present and how this low-income immigrant community had to fight against all these outside factors. And the biggest one being um, the freeway. That was, to me, like, that was such a great, uh, it's such a, it's a great history lesson. Now, which freeway was it? Well, it was all the freeways. All of the, freeways. the 101, so, the 60, the 5, the 10. Oh, you're doing great. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. And, the, and, and you did a great job of, um, I don't know who did that animation, but it was really cool. Oh, that's, thank you. It was great because because in the film, so there's this like, the, the, the neighborhood is animated. And that's what took 10 years, right? The animation. <laughs> right, it was just yeah. that. And we wanted to make sure that parents as well as children could enjoy it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so the freeways were hilarious and cute. But no, you did a great job. So they just would, to describe to people, so there's just an animated neighborhood, and then all of a sudden you had a freeway just come through, and I loved how you sort of bowling pinned the houses. Yes. To just, whoom, and you see it like, oh my God. And if you've ever driven through there, which you have, if you live in LA, you have. Yes. And you, it's always weird because you just sort of look and you're like, God, oh, there's like nine houses between those two freeways. That's weird. And then it also reminded me of, 
as a kid growing up watching all the Bugs Bunny movies, that was a theme of some of them was the, there was that one Bugs Bunny episode where there's freeways everywhere and they're trying to make him move his house. Right. Mm -hmm. And it was a commentary on LA in the forties and fifties, the post-war where it was just freeway, freeway, freeway. Yeah. It was all this development. And I mean, 15,000 people were displaced from this neighborhood and it just, it had a devastating impact. Which by the way is different than what happened to Bugs Bunny. Right. Because he actually got to keep his rabbit hole and they built the freeways around him. (laughs) (laughs) Which they did with the Sears Tower. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. So the Sears, they had money, so they were the only ones they circled. They circled it with the freeways. So you really look at how, you know, the government really orchestrated, you know, displacing mostly communities of color throughout the U.S. It was a great history lesson to on a lot. First of all, Danny Trejo doing the voiceover. Oh, he's awesome. How did you get that? Um, he is such a great guy. He was really interested in the story because he had worked in Boyle Heights and East LA, and it was a really transformative experience for him. Oh, so, wow. and he has relatives there. So he Did really he grew up th- in LA. He grew up in, I believe, Echo Park. Okay, so yeah. around there. Wow. That was the thing that was cool. It just lended such a, he, you know, he has such a great and such a distinctive voice and it lended such authenticity to the, to the film, yes. I thought. And then you had, um, it's, it's a great history lesson. And then I love the, the going into the specifics of white flight. Right. Which it wasn't, it was, it was, it was interesting to hear because it wasn't, we sort of think of, and it's, it's said in the movie, we think of white flight as white people, you know, people of color move into the neighborhood and they split. Right. It wasn't. No, the government totally did that. I mean, there's this, we talk about this in the film, but there's, um, there's something called redlining. Mm-hmm. And what it is, is the, the government decides which neighborhoods they want to redline. And they decided to redline Boyle Heights, which meant that getting a mortgage there was virtually impossible. I mean, it was so ridiculously expensive, even if, you know, right. it was your community and you were just changing houses. They said because it was multi-ethnic, it had the lowest rating possible. So they really wanted to build ghettos. I mean, that was, if you look at the history of urban planning in the country, that's what they wanted to do. And then also, too, how interesting it was is like, you know, the, the, the San Fernando Valley was all orange groves. And then how they made it like, easy to get a mortgage and yeah. have that house with the pool and live that American dream. And it was white. And it was white. <laughs> and, you know, you can move there. And yep. it was like, wow. Um, so, Mike, my, my, you have a lot of, you, you know, uh, stock footage and stock films and stuff like that. That's how you tell the story, which I thought you did a really good job of that because it, as we all know, as documentary filmmakers, you can't get bogged down in just talking, right. head talking, head talking. Right. Yes. You need B-roll. You need B-roll. <laughs> <laughs> and so you you did such a great job in terms of, it, it, I'm, I have like nine questions here in a row. But, okay. um, first of all, break us down like, what the biggest expense was, oh, okay. what the biggest challenge was, and and what of those, and and then why the ten years? Okay, so um, I did research for the first year, just solely research because the history of the neighborhood is just amazing. I mean, it's really one of those places that mm-hmm. you could do a whole mini series about mm-hmm. because there's just so much richness there and so much diversity and. It's I didn't know there was incre- such a strong Jewish population. Yeah, there. it's the it was the largest Jewish population west of Chicago. It was mm-hmm. African American, it was Asian American, it was Latino. I mean, everybody lived there because of another government um, 
process and real estate agencies, they work together. And um, they said that, you know, there was restricted housing covenants. And in Los Angeles, we were one of the places that really did a lot with restricted housing covenants. And so... Explain what that is. It's basically if you are Latino or African-American, even Jewish, um, Italian, you cannot live in certain places. You can only live in these select few neighborhoods. And Boyle Heights was one of those neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. So that's why it was really the Ellis Island of the West Coast. You know, everybody could live there and they couldn't live on the West Side. You know, they they couldn't live in other places really outside of downtown and central L.A. That were completely restricted. Completely. Completely. And there's still, you can see it. (laughs) If you, as a homeowner, you Mm -hmm. can look on your documents when you sign. And it actually, some of those restrictive housing covenants, are they're still there. Really? Yeah, so... I'm going to assume they're not enforced anymore. Well, no, they're not. In- <laughs> no, I mean, at least not publicly. Yeah. But, um, yeah, they're, they're not still Not until there. after the election. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> but, yeah, that was the thing where you're like, wow, and then you sort of see, having lived in L.A. for a long, a long time, you see how... You know, L.A. is one of the more diverse cities in the world. Yes. It is very, there are certain neighborhoods that that feel more diverse, but a lot of them are not. And and you also, the thing that your film touched on, which I liked, is the wealthier neighborhoods had the money to say, oh, no freeways coming through. Exactly. And Boyle Heights got over 100% built. Like they, the the California highway planners, they they did over 100% of what they wanted. So the neighborhood really got got hit hard. Now, I had a question on the length of the film. Like, you're kind of in no man's land for, like, too short for a feature, but long for a short. Mm -hmm. What made you decide on, like, an hour? TV. TV, okay. So it's for public television. (laughs) Got it. So And also educational use. So in classrooms, it's harder to show longer films, so you need a shorter version. Ah. So So it's the perfect length for the educational market. Yes. Ah. You went specifically... Now, did you... um, where did the funding come from? So all independent, like completely independently raised. And in fact, we um, we got a lot of our funding from people within Boyle Heights. Oh, and as awesome. you know, it's a low-income area. And we went to some famous people who are from Boyle Heights. Will I am? Um, yes. Did you interview him? Yes. That, 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 the excerpts of that speech he gives is, is amazing. Is great. Yeah, and mm-hmm. he's still working in the community. Mm-hmm. So his foundation gave us a grant, oh, um, which was really good. And but most of it, in all honesty, came Private from funding. people in the neighborhood doing fundraisers. Wow. So yeah, I think I think it was a challenge for um, public funding and grants because it was a multicultural story, mm-hmm. and it just it isn't really that welcome to tell these these stories about, you know, everybody living together and working together and kind of how we can learn from that today. Mm -hmm. And so that we we were told that we would get funded if we were an Asian story, if we were a Latino story, if we were an African American story. But because we were everything including, you know, Jews, it just it was uh, it was kind of difficult. Well if you want to include everybody, there's no way we could fund you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We don't want and, actual and, diversity. <laughs> and, you know, a large part of the film is also, you know, very Latino-focused because the community there now is Latino. Um, well, you know the old saying, it, diverse but separate. Exactly. <laughs> so. so was the, was, because um, I was, was that the bulk of the cost? Was licensing the, 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 
the you are right on. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, because we had so much archival, that was so much that yes, all the post production costs were really the hard costs. I mean, everybody else, I, I got to say our whole team in production, we all basically worked for free. Oh, wow. So we just did this film because we wanted to tell the story and we believed in the subject oh. and we believed in the impact it could have, especially today. You know, I mean, imagine Are there if- any race issues going on today? I, didn't, <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't aware of any. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it, 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 again, like the week I just had and then, you know, I had a long travel day Monday and at the end of it, I got in an argument with some Trump supporters and came home and was where did just you find them at the airport? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, on the way out. <laughs> yeah, well, I just I said something and then they overheard me and then they isn't that great when people overhear your political conversation yeah. and think, oh, you invited me to join in? <laughs> no, I really didn't. No, and his a guy who is an Israeli said he's supporting <laughs> Trump, and I said, so there's people doing Nazi salutes at his rallies. The KKK mm-hmm. endorses him, and you, uh, okay, makes great sense. Mm-hmm. Anyway. <laughs> But like, so so my point is when I saw the film, I saw it last night and I was, you know, when I got home, my girlfriend and I were talking about it and I was just like, you know, obviously I can't like let these, I can't get all mad and, you know, let these people get to me. But I said, this has been a tough, and there's an article in the New York Times that came out. Uh, for, I haven't read it, but a friend of mine's in New York and I talked to him and he goes, Graham, it's on the front page of the New York Times. Like, how do we all deal with all this right now? Right. Because it's really brutal. Every day there's a new thing. There's a terrorist thing. There's a shooting. Right. There's a cop. I know. Violence. You need to have hope. I mean, I think yeah. that was our main point with the film, even though Boyle Heights has suffered so much at the hands of all these outside forces. It, there's hope there because the people continue to be activists. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what drew me to the story. I love the fact that there were, you know, Mexican anarchists living with, you know, Eastern European socialists and communists. Right. I mean, that's a freaking neighborhood, <laughs> you know, in my book. That's awesome. So I love that it had that history. But then the, as the people changed and as it became mm-hmm. more Latino, they stayed activist and they stayed engaged. And you can see like in the LA Times, all of the articles recently talking about the neighborhood fighting gentrification. It's like the same thing. Well, you, you did a great job, too, of, of sort of, a, you know, showing that at the end of how this is what you showed like this, like recently, like 2012, 2013, they fought against this thing about like a pollution thing. Or, right. And right. this community or this organization got this thing overturned. And uh, that was really cool. And I guess that was the it 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 it, it reminded me of you know, sort of where I grew up and one of the biggest problems I see in America is the isolation. Because if you live in a neighborhood... Well, I mean, or, I, yeah, I was in Philly. Yeah. That's where I went to school. And there's very segregated neighborhoods in Philly. Like, all right, this is Irish, this is Italian, this right. is black. And, you know, that there's a very specific street that, you know, says this is your side, this is our side. And, you know, that's old school, you know. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's obviously it's gotten a little better over the years, but still... You know, there's there's still that mentality. You, us, you. Mm-hmm. If everybody and 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 because I noticed because I grew up like and we talked about it uh, a year or two ago when Kimberly Browning was on the show. Just Evanston, where I grew up, was a very diverse community, and uh, it was one when after the Civil War, when Southerners were coming north for industrial jobs. Evanston, which is a suburb of Chicago, is one of the few places where like freed slaves could buy property, and. Uh, and the thing I noticed once I left there is, you know, my high school was 40% black. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, I played football and, and, and we listened to, you know, rap and hip hop music in the eighties before it became mainstream. And I remember then when I went to college at the university of Arizona, which is primarily white, uh, has some Latino and a very small, uh, black population in it. And the, the view, like, it, it, and what I learned is if you grew up in a neighborhood where everyone's pretty much the same, mm-hmm. your view of anybody different is going to be off. I don't care who you are. It, it, that's just the way it is. And we've become so, we're, we're like a nation of islands and it's always, and that's part of what's going on Yeah, I today. think that's true with everything too. Yeah. yeah. Even, uh, um, not even just color, just uh, even like- Ideology. Ideology, religion. Red state, uh, blue state. Yeah. like you know, gay, straight, everything. Uh, like, uh, Christian, mm-hmm. Jewish, right. and then the, the, the factions within Christianity and within, mm-hmm. within Islam. And, and like, it's so, um, there's a great book called Bowling Alone, which talks about how America used to be more- um, a little more diverse in terms of we were in organizations where we had people of all different backgrounds. And, mm-hmm. and the reference was the bowling league. You're in a bowling league with a bunch of different people, you know, a bunch of different ethnicities. And, and then now we all join groups that line up. Like if I'm conservative, I'm in a conservative group. If I'm liberal, I join a liberal group, you right. know, like I, and, and, and we're not, we're not meeting and talking with well, each that's, other. I mean, so basically people, when they ask me, they're like, well, what do you hope happens with this film? I mean, you spent 10 years making it. What do you, what do you want? I'd like distribution. <laughs> other, <laughs> other than paying off credit card yeah. debt and eating, what else would you like out of this, Betsy? But that's, I mean, what I want is I want people to talk to their neighbors. I want people to get involved in their communities. Mm. You know, I really want people to um, not isolate themselves. I mean, it's so easy with technology to isolate yourself, but I, I really want want people to make that connection and get to know where they are, where they're from and what's going on. Because if you don't know what's happening in your local area, how are you going to impact, you know, on a greater scale? I remember when I first started volunteering for the American Red Cross, it was, it was after 9-11 and I was heavy into that from like, you know, for, for a while. And that was such an amazing experience. I cannot recommend that enough because uh, you know, there'd be a single, the, the main thing American Res- Red Cross responds to, people might not know this, is single family fires. That's mm-hmm. the main thing they do. Obviously the big disasters, but on a day-to-day basis, it's a single family fire. And it's usually somebody who, and it's not always low income, but it's don't have insurance, don't have a place to stay. Um, and the Red Cross shows up. And I remember going into, this is when I lived in the in the Valley and would go into a lot of neighborhoods that were primarily Latino. And, you know, they were, they came from a country where you don't trust the banks because so they had their money under a mattress and it went up in smoke. And I met so many people, even the volunteers were people I never would have normally known because mm-hmm. they weren't show business people. All my friends are right. comedians and weirdos. filmmakers, weirdos, <laughs> <laughs> wing nuts. Um, so it was like meeting the volunteers were all different backgrounds. And mm-hmm. then we went into all these different neighborhoods and we set up shelters when there was like a mass thing. There's an apartment fire or something like right. that. And it was like, it really opened my eyes to, again, my high school was very diverse, but it, it, it was another great um, exercise in taking part of your community and helping out and meeting different people. Because when you, and I learned this going into the war zones, 
I'm pretty left wing, obviously, and the military is typically more right. And I met a lot of people in the military and, and it, it opened my eyes to that and, yeah. and meeting different people of different backgrounds. And, and, and I would always ask myself, when would I have met these people? And we did it in podcasting too. We talk about it yes. in your books. Right. Mm-hmm. How would we? Right. We got to travel the world yes. and yep. meet all of mm-hmm. these different. I thought that was really interesting in the film to see you guys, mm-hmm. you know, people are listening to this show all over the world and it just it makes the world a lot smaller place, and I think that's that's, that's a great thing. It's 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 you know I don't I I, I don't believe in coincidences. I I think like having to watch this movie last night, knowing you were going to be on the show today, I, I believe that like that happens for a reason. To kind of and you had to well, watch it. I know. I know it was hard. But <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to say too I'm glad I'm on this show because the film I mean it talks about very serious issues but it's also funny and so, there's funny stuff in it there's great <laughs> interviews in it and and it, it is and again the 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 animation and and your use of the the archival footage and stuff like that there is some like oh wow that, that there is some sort of lightness to it and it ends with a very hopeful yes ending and which which I like it isn't it isn't like a well. <laughs> yep, everybody's be, screwed. We're done. Yeah. They yeah. beat us, you know. And well, it's it, it's weird. The uh, for for some reason, all these movies are tying together in a way we didn't realize in this show. Uh, everything from The Purge yeah. to uh, <laughs> uh, Ghostbusters to um, East LA Interchange to the trailer that I just saw this morning. Did you see Breath of a Nation? No. The trailer. Oh my god. Okay. Um, are you familiar with the old film, Birth of a Nation? Yes. I am, and I'm dying to see this new one. We all it, saw it, it in film school. Yes, <laughs> yes. And for those of you listening that uh, have not seen the original Birth of a Nation, uh, I urge you to seek it out because it's a fascinating piece of history, of history of filmmaking, history of the perception of you know what the country was because it's a very, very long film. It starts off with the Civil War. And, you know, the the South then gets routed, but then it goes into the freeing of the slaves. And then it gets into these weird places of the um, black people take over Congress and are sitting in their congressional chairs with their feet up and no shoes. And the only people that can save the country from the evil black man is the Ku Klux Klan who also is seen riding into like the cavalry uh, to the rescue of America against wow. this the uh, the hordes of black people taking over. And it sounds like I'm making it up. It really does. But if you see the movie, you're like, oh, yeah, that's actually... That's, that's what, what they're That's what Birth of a Nation is. So I urge you to uh, seek that out first. And then this one, The Birth of a Nation that's coming out, uh, I think it's... In a couple of weeks, right? Yeah. Um, so it actually, it actually, it's October. October. It'll be, it'll be okay. It's October. It's the fall. So, and it's directed by Nate Parker, who also mm-hmm. stars in it. Now, here's the interesting thing about this film: it's clearly um, trying to cash in a little bit, like marketing-wise, is like um, you know, ten years a slave. You can right. see it like hits a lot of those same of notes. Twelve years a slave. Yeah. <laughs> ten years is a yeah. prequel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's ten years a slave. Then two that you know we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. there's a, a plus or minus. It's yeah, like a pole. Yeah. Uh, so you, clearly, like from you know the cynical marketing and studio stuff, you could see because the trailer is cut the exact same way. Mm-hmm. And however, the uh, the trailer goes into a different direction. It's you know the slave. This is a um, you know used to be a reverend or a preacher, and, mm-hmm. and uh, 
it's it, <laughs> it, it, it. I don't know if it's the right time for this movie right now because it gets into the uh, um, the parts where all right, well now we're going to rise up against the slave owners and we're mm-hmm. going to kill each other and now it's going to be bloody and violent and horrifying. So it's interesting timing for this film. Um, it could be good or bad. I I don't know. Mm-hmm. We don't know what the country is going to look like in October. Uh, but it, it's the thing that I did like about it is that uh, um, it, after it shows like the history, the violence, it, it, it wants to feel like it's a hopeful note. Like it tries to hit that at the end of the trailer. Uh, I'm hoping the movie does the same thing, you know, because it looks like a very interesting movie. I'm not sure why they called it birth of a nation. Like, it doesn't seem like, are you trying to remake the original film? Like, are you trying to reference that film? Like, this just feels like its own thing. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure, I'm sure there's some trivia there we can read about to Uh see why, you know, it was named the way it was. Because from the uh, trailer, it didn't go through that that sweeping epic of Civil War, Ku Klux Klan, and and all those things, and Congress. And this really just looked like, very specifically, the slave revolt. And ultimately how it all ended in, uh, horrifically in violence. So uh, I'm looking forward to this film. It looks like it's well put together. It looks it looks good. So I like know, this we'll actor. See. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nate yeah. Parker. He was in uh, I forget uh, something about Beyond the Lights. He was, he, it was mm-hmm. this, a yes. cool little movie I saw on a plane where he plays a cop who's a security guard to like a big. Like right. uh, like a Rihanna style, mm-hmm. and they have an you know they fall in love, and it was it was kind of you cool. know, and, and I just hope again it doesn't fall into that that uh, that trap of like well the trailer has to be this thing you have to show it like you right. have to show it like twelve years you have to do all these things and then it it it's uh, it's not um, you know it's not what the movie well, is. Well, as like we've we discussed, right. I don't have a lot of faith in the trailer yeah, yeah, editors, exactly. in the studio yeah. trailer editors so, out there. I, I, yeah, I would love to And see. maybe any of you listening might be like, hey man, they told me to do it. That's, yeah. I get it. I get yeah. it. You got to pay your bills. Well, this film did, it won, um, it won at Sundance. It won the audience award at Sundance mm-hmm. and then it also won the grand jury. Mm-hmm. So oh, that's great. I'm mm-hmm. pretty excited to see it. So I mm-hmm. can't wait. Well, th- that tells me that my guess is maybe the trailer. Yeah, yeah, dropped like, the ball because if it if it if it got those awards at those festivals, believe me, there's cynical conversations and trailer houses and all like, well, just make a mainstream trailer, right? right. Do it so well, you know, so you know what is it, Johnny Punch Clock and Mary Housecoach can go see it. <laughs> and, and let me say, <laughs> so yeah, I, I do have friends who are trailer editors. Oh, I'm so sorry. Do oh, so, oh, so do oh. I. Yeah, and I, but I, they, yeah. but it's not them. I know. It's, I know. It's, yeah. it's their bosses it's, going. I have yeah. a buddy who's a trailer editor, and he just brags about how he fools people sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, well, this, you know, basically we're trying to win awards for fooling people. Yeah. And in fact, they have awards specifically for that. They do. They have awards for the best trailer for the worst film. <laughs> well, that's, that is a skill. Yeah, it is. Um. <laughs> so now the next uh, movie is uh, uh, Ouija, Origin of Evil. This is a sequel to the okay. first movie that not many people saw. Um, but here's the interesting thing about this one. Um, I love the premise of this film where it's set in the 60s. So it feels like it's, it's almost like it has a Mad Men vibe to it. So it's like the original, the, the, you know, it's like, all right, well, now this is just first, uh, 
this is like you know the first the first time this has happened like it feels right. like that's the way they're setting up this 67 film. night los angeles yeah it's like uh you know you have these fortune tellers who were charlatans it's a family but then they pick up the ouija board and then real shit starts getting real well these movies yeah. are are the, the budget on this is six million right they just make yeah. these things for under 10 million I, i'll tell you though the budget six million it's a period piece it actually right. looks more expensive than uh than it is because it's harder to do those things but not a lot of stars in it so there well, that's a lot why of, you can't say keep it yeah. Then you can but you can you can rent a picture but card that, and from the sixties. We've talked about this before though, the, the low budget the low budget horror genre. Right. You don't need stuff. Nope. No, you don't. Uh, just, and again, this is you know we're, I'm going to harp on the trailers again. This is <laughs> this, this is, is like okay, well this is kind of a cool premise. I like the idea of setting a horror movie mm-hmm. in the sixties and mm-hmm. having it set on a Charlotte. But then every goddamn shot after that is like okay that's from the exorcist that's from that horror movie uh-huh. that's from that horror movie right. and that's okay that's poltergeist and like come on really so it, i think the trailer editors just assume or the studios assume we all have very short memories mm-hmm. like well i don't remember a trailer i saw last week just do the same thing again mm-hmm. so and the next movie is another uh, horror movie called lights out again very interesting premise um Sleep with the lights on. As soon as you turn the light out, then the monster appears or whatever. And so show this to your children. Yes, yes. So, uh, <laughs> before bed. Love the right before you go to bed. Yes, yeah. yeah. Guys want to watch a fun story? Yeah. Uh, love, again, the first half of the trailer. Interesting setup. Backstory. Mythology. Uh, it had a feel of like the Babadook, which was really kind of weird mm-hmm. and interesting. Uh, and then the second half of the trailer. Okay, well, I've seen every single shot mm-hmm. in this before. So. Um, both of these movies uh, share that thing in common where like oh this looks like an interesting fun premise something I haven't seen before oh now I've seen everything yeah <laughs> now all this I have seen before so well alright before we go into like DVDs and coming in theaters mm-hmm. we wanted to talk Betsy a little bit more you said you saw some interesting movies at Outfest LA I did yes. what, yeah what, what is coming out of there that we can sort of look forward to that I mean is any let me ask is anything Getting any sort of mainstream distribution? Yeah, okay. I mean they do. They they mm-hmm. get distribution. I saw a French one that I really loved. Um, it was called Summertime. It's a French film, and it looks at um, Paris in 1971 and the feminist movement going on there. And it was actually a very joyful, fun like experience. Did so I have thought, a Ouija oh. board. There was no Ouija board. It was excellently done in the period, though. Mm-hmm. It totally felt like 1971. Um, I wanted all the clothes. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I really liked the way they were dressing. But it's about this relationship between um, a woman who comes to Paris from the countryside. She works on her family farm and then gets sucked up in the feminist movement and falls in love with another one of the mm-hmm. um, feminists. And then, unfortunately, her dad gets sick and she has to go back home to the countryside. Oh, wow. So it, And then her friend, lover, follows her. So it, it kind of... And it, <laughs> and it has a light sense of humor? Because that sounds pretty it intense, is, what you just described. It, you know, I, I, it was really well done. I mean, it's a filmmaker who's made a lot of other films, and it was one of the best. I mean, as far as lesbian films go, it's one of the best I've ever seen. Well, that's that's a great skill, I mean, because to handle... What's the, the worst lesbian film you've ever oh, seen? Oh, God, I can't even say. I mean... <laughs> We could do a whole show on that. I mean, some you actually watch just to laugh. Like, they're really. You gotta say it. I'm not saying it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I wanna work again. I got you. I got you. I got you. (laughs) Um. But I will tell you afterwards. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's hilarious. Well, let me ask you this question real quick before we move on. In a, you don't have to give names. What are the things that they do poorly in a bad? Who's a lesbian that we don't know about? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> so like, yeah. What is what is a thing where you go? Oh, no, God. It's oh, like, it's like act. It's the acting in the story, oh. and you're just like it's literally you want to hit your head. It you doesn't know, matter. It's, it's just it's it's filmmaking is storytelling. It's yep, good yes. acting and good storytelling. Mm-hmm. I don't care what it, what it is. Exactly. If it's not if it's done well, it's good. If it's done poorly, it is it's fucking bad. bad. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, so that's why it was so refreshing to see this. Right. <laughs> is there is there like a, a a cliche thing that they they do in a lot of bad lesbian movies? You're like, yeah, oh, like what's the lesbian version of coming home from the store and the baguette is sticking out? Of yeah, the with the with the, <laughs> the baguette and, and then the to show you've gone to the supermarket. The baguette, what's the lesbian version? What's of that? the lesbian baguette? <laughs> I believe it's a baguette. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they do that horrible thing in every. A, and then there was the um this with the celery yeah. with the leaves oh, yeah. on it. Yep. No one has ever purchased those things. Yeah. I've never seen those two things. I've like, had them stick out of the bag. Really? Yeah. No one's ever huh. done that. There's just a, there's just lesbian yeah. celery. <laughs> yeah, we love celery and baguettes. Yeah. Love them. Everybody knows the lesbian community is a big baguette. Yeah. A big baguette. They got celery. They have a strong lobby. <laughs> <laughs> That's the reason why there's still celery in the yeah. store. Yeah. The I actually lobby. thought it was avocados, but I, I'll. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're learning a lot on this yeah, episode. <laughs> All right, DVD. Oh, God. Uh, Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. I, I can't talk about this movie I anymore. Can't, I can't. Um, did you see this? I did not. Good. Okay. Good for you. Yeah. Well it, done. It, it's it, the whole movie is a bag. But there, but there's going to be a, a, yeah, it's sticking one, out of a bag. It's, it's, it's a one <laughs> awful rotten baguette yeah. sticking out of a dumb bag. Um, and that baguette fights celery. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, if you put it that way, yeah. that sounds on paper that sounds interesting, right? Yeah, a baguette uh, celery cake. I'm, I'm overselling it. Uh, so if you haven't seen it and you're still curious, uh, check it out on DVD or uh, streaming and you will be sorry. Miles so, ahead. Um, this is the Miles Davis documentary. Love it. Don Channel's mm-hmm. film. No, Did you see this? Uh, no, I did, it, but I heard it was fantastic. No, it's not a documentary. No, it was, a, mm-hmm. yeah, reading, it was a recreation. Like, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's, not, an, it's a, not a documentary. It's a scripted mm-hmm. film. Yep. And uh, it was great. It was like Don Channel, I thought, as a director – and, you know, we talked about it when this movie came out, and which is, again, why it's worth seeing. If you missed it, um, check it out, because that can't be easy, since we're all filmmakers at this table, to play that as an actor. You're playing a historical person. You're playing someone everybody knows. There's right. a million, there's all these hours of footage online of watching him talk, and he's one of the most revered musicians of the last hundred years to play that guy, all these really heavy emotional scenes that Don Chadle pulls off. Like, we know Don Chadle's a good actor. He's fantastic, yeah. But then to direct, like, how do you, like, the shifting of gears in your head, I can't even... Because, you know, directing is like you you're, you're, have 10,000 things popping off in your head every second. Right. It's like coaching a... a football team or something with 50 play Like, it's crazy. Uh, no, it's like coaching a football team of toddlers. Right. <laughs> 
that all just want baguettes yeah. and celery. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and they want to eat them their own way. Yeah, it's a fantastic uh, film. So yeah, uh, the next movie you saw. What did you? Like? I didn't. I didn't see it. I want to see oh, it. Yeah. Like I, so, I'm going to now that it's on DVD. You absolutely Blu-ray, have to. Absolutely now have the next to. is uh, Demolition. This was a drama. I think it was Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, I believe. Jake. Mm-hmm. And uh, it looked really interesting. It was like you know he suffered a tragedy and trying to put his life back together, and it was just one of those that kind of slipped through the cracks. I didn't get a chance to see it, it uh, but it looked uh, it looked good. I'm going to check it out on it sh- DVD. Yeah, it should have gotten. I saw it in the theaters and I mm-hmm. liked it. It was one of these where I was like, afterwards, I thought, how come this didn't get more marketing budget, more or marketing, something, yeah. or more critical acclaim, or mm-hmm. did it not do the festivals? I don't know what happened, but it's really one of those movies that you. It did slip through the cracks, and um, if you haven't seen it, it's worth watching. It's it's an. You we know, should do an episode of uh, like a theme one of like movies that slip through the cracks. <laughs> slip like, through like, the cracks. Like this, like like the way was like that too, mm-hmm. and where it was like this is a great film, mm-hmm. and it's it just it ended up, you know, not getting huh. great distribution, and ended up on Netflix streaming instantly. Like right. even before they were setting it up as somewhere mm-hmm. where you can mm-hmm. go first, it was right. like when they were first starting. Where oh, if it's streamed, that means it didn't get a great deal <laughs> that's you know when they were first starting so i was like oh, you know some of these movies they just they do they slip through yeah uh elvis and nixon is the next one i saw this it's it's okay it misses the mark a little bit i mean michael shannon kevin spacey are both good actors was it funny was it was it set up like a buddy comedy kind of thing it, that's part of its problem okay it sort of doesn't quite know what it is right there's some standalone well, the trailer certainly didn't right yeah and that's that's its problem there are some scenes that are that are funny and interesting, mm-hmm. and you know Michael Shannon plays a great sort of crazy, crazy Elvis, crazy Elvis, just Percocet like mm-hmm. guns and let's go to the White House Elvis. Right, um, but it just sort of it, it, the movie's really uneven, and there isn't enough of a of a story right in there. But it's it's inter- here's what this if you just want to kind of. This is something to kind of have on in the background. <laughs> you know what I mean? You have it on TV while you're like doing your laundry or something like that. That's this is this is this is <laughs> you, know, you just sort of peek up and go, oh, that's a funny scene, and then yeah. don't, you don't have to invest that much time in it. You know what? Because of you guys, I saw Tickled. Oh, and I was there for the premiere when the guys. I I was there during that whole thing, thanks to you two oh, awesome. and your show. That's- so it was amazing. Yeah, so what? tell us what happened brief. I mean, well, well can we you can't, do it without, you can't. I can't really. Well, well you can. You can say that the people who were featured in the film, um, maybe not favorably, showed up. Yeah. So and you can say that. Way. And were very angry. <laughs> very, very angry. And what I understood was... Did they speak after? Oh, the they not only did they speak, but they took over. Like, it was supposed to be a Q&A with the director, but these guys... They just, they just would not stop. And like, I heard like eventually the whole audience started to go, "Oh, it's the guy from the film." Oh, we figured it out pretty quickly that it was the guy from the film. Like it was, he stood up and started yelling, and then his people started standing up and yelling, and it, it really, I have never seen anything like that ever wow. at a documentary screening. Wow. It's like, gotta be somebody must have YouTube that. Someone that's gotta be. It's on gotta that be. Somewhere. I think their studio did the the, <laughs> the distribution company. Oh, so it might be an extra. Yeah, <laughs> on the DVD. <laughs> the distribution company must have been like, "This is yeah. great. Yeah, it's uh, gold. We're, we're gonna move some units. We're gonna put this on the DVD extras." <laughs> but thank you guys because oh, awesome. I, we, yeah. I really enjoyed listening to you know when you talked about it on the show, and I thought I gotta was, go uh, see Jensen this. Carp. That's he right. Brought it to our attention. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that's awesome. Ah, good. So, all right, we're doing some good work. Yeah. <laughs> 
And the site spotlight, um, <laughs> Neil's weekly film news uh, continues to uh, just <laughs> really entertain. So if you want to check out uh, what Neil is talking about there in the film news, also Rick Myers and Laura House's reviews of Ghostbusters. It's great to read them back to back and get two really uh, varying perspectives. I really like it cool. when we ha- I like it when we have differing uh, mm-hmm. written reviews on the site because I. I because we, you know, we don't always have time to go into depth as much as a written review can. Mm-hmm. That's why it was always our goal to make sure um, we had both. Like, you could listen to us review movies, but also if you want to get more in-depth, you could go to the site. And also, the site may have differing opinions than what right. we've said, too. Yeah. Um, and we, then we like hearing your guys, like, right. where you guys mm-hmm. land on it. And I, I'm pretty sure this is still working, but you could check it out. You could comment on the reviews directly and also the message boards are working now if anything isn't working uh and you can't comment or something looks weird uh, again we don't have a huge staff to test everything all the time and when wordpress doesn't update sometimes things break and because they do everything automatically sometimes without us even knowing uh what the servers do so uh always uh email us at info at comedyfilmnerds.com and let us know when something isn't working or even if you have a suggestion on the site or whatever we read and listen to everything um i want to say the fan feedback uh so uh, we reposted this photo of me running into chris gore from i think three or four years ago where he's will he be at comic-con this year <laughs> yeah chris gore <laughs> he's dressed in the princess leia uh sexy outfit mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, and I'm standing next to him and I've, I've got my hand on his, on his breast and, <laughs> and, uh, Daniel Stevens, uh, goes caption this. Your guys' captions are amazing. Uh, Chris Maurer writes, fighting for marriage equality in a galaxy far, far away, <laughs> which I posted winner. Um, and then one of, uh, Michael, uh, Stiegel Jr. writes, Graham finds love. Um, <laughs> Michael, uh, Oud writes, Graham finds his doppelganger, Leia. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Tony Klunwick writes, I know I'm butchering all of your last names, uh, they're real and they're spectacular. <laughs> <laughs> That's somebody. Andy Utek, uh, who, uh, you know. In kon- Japan. In Japan, Konichiwa, who's in the documentary, uh, writes, these are not the droids you're looking for. <laughs> so <perfect>. this is, <laughs> you guys mm-hmm. are spectacular. And that's the Facebook fan page. Facebook Be sure to like that. Page. And of course, some people wrote Hotshot first and all yes. that stuff. So thank you guys so much for that. Those are always fun. And premiering this week, Ice Age Collision oh, Course. Oh, Betsy. Yes. I'm going to go see it. Yes. Why? Colliding uh, with the free audience. Free tickets, pop, oh. free popcorn. Oh, nice. God. How'd you get that? Yeah. yeah. Hook that's, us that's up. That's um, what else? Uh, so, yeah, I mean, Ice Age, these are like the Madagascar movies. They're, they're awful. <laughs> and uh, I doubt not this was going to break the Yeah, not with Three Popcorn. Hey, and then the first nice. one was not that bad. Mm, yeah, I got to agree to disagree on that one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I haven't liked any of these movies. I've seen about three of them. But it's got to be like eight by now. I don't know. Isn't this like eight? <laughs> this is I think it's fifth. Yeah, fifth. Yeah. Right. Five? <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. five Ice Age movies. Yeah. Only uh, beaten by what? The Land Before Time? How many of those are there? Oh, my God. Those, yeah. those dinosaur Don Blues right. movies. So uh, next one is Lights Out, which we had already talked about. Um, Star Trek Beyond. Mm-hmm. I'm, 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 I'm excited. Mm-hmm. I, I've changed. I was like, you, you yeah, went You went over the fence? Okay. Yeah. It looks, I, I, for several reasons, um, we uh, talked about the Rihanna video on the, the last episode of my other podcast, Pop Divas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that Rihanna video was one of the first times they did it. It was a Rihanna Star Trek video. And it feels sort of very James Bondy for all the right reasons. And I love that song. And uh, all the trailers I've been watching, 
I'm, I'm fired up for it. Okay. So you've given me no valid reasons to actually <laughs> look forward to it. All right. Let me, let, me, let me clarify a little bit. I think this one is going to do, it's going to be more character, more story driven, yeah. more, um, and, and less effects. Now, I know wow. I'm saying that with a guy, Justin Lin, who does the Fast and Furious movies. I know what I'm saying. I know I'm going out. It's like, yeah, Brett Reiner's really going to dive deep into his next character study movie. Yeah. That's what I think. It'll, okay. be, it'll be fun. Now, yes. I hope you're right. I also hope you're right. <laughs> uh, I liked the first Star Trek movie, did not like the second one. And I'm going to make sure we get a review from Matt Weinhold for this next mm-hmm. third one. <laughs> okay. He has probably written one of our most famous reviews on the first Star Trek movie. Yeah. And basically, he went into every single point why you were wrong for liking it. And it was a <laughs> long, drawn-out article but it made some excellent points. Even excellent for points. people that actually, I'm like, I liked it, I but, liked you it. know, I, I see your point, Matt. Uh, so I but he liked the well. second one. So that's weird. It's a con- yeah, I don't know. So we'll see where but he we'll lands. we'll see where he lands on well, the Well, and there's one. a gay Sulu, isn't there? Oh, is there a gay Sulu in this one? Yeah, you guys don't know that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, don't, we don't get the same newspapers. <laughs> <laughs> so Gulu? <laughs> I'm up for that. That's what I'm saying, Chris. This, yeah. Now she's Betsy's backing my point. We're gonna get I, more I into am. character versus okay. just. Yes. We're gonna get more into their backstory, who they are. Mm, Justin Lin directing it might just be a comment how he thinks a guy is hot. <laughs> that might be it. It's just, yeah. just Sulu's in a really <laughs> hot spaceship that yeah. does a stunt. Yeah, that's it. All right. It's gonna be like, oh yeah. All right. Well, we'll see. I hope. I, I hope. <laughs> Everything that you guys are projecting onto this film, I hope actually transpires. All right. Okay. So, uh, and the next one, absolutely fabulous, the movie. Um, I cannot I, wait. But, but <laughs> again, really? odd timing. How long has this been off the air? I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot wait. I am. They have been at every Pride Parade mm-hmm. because I've been traveling with the film. Mm-hmm. So I have gone to numerous Pride Parades. And they have been there. They've had drag queens as them. They have actually a little cardboard sign of their faces that you can hold up in front of your face, which is very fun. Oh, that's great. Um, well, then it's brilliant that they're making this movie because what they're doing, well, if, they, the, yeah, if, they, the, the, if they've already, if they've kept a following. They have their fan base. And a fan, yeah, so they, the marketing is already there. They All don't right. care what we think. So but when, when was like the last episode that was made? Well, they'd had, they had they had special, so I oh, think they yeah they have okay. had specials. So it's not have they aired in this country. Yeah, they've aired in this country. All right. I've, once they got it's off, not marketed to you. Yeah, yeah. it's not marketed to <laughs> you. No, I used to like the show on Comedy Central. <laughs> I thought it was really fun. It is, but uh, I I didn't realize they had. I thought it was like you know a decade ago. Oh, I, you know, Patsy and Adina can do no wrong. <laughs> that's why this movie's being made, Chris. That All is, right, that's fair your, enough. It's uh, just like, I will say, it's I, like, I liked the show. Um, now, now, actually, now this is, you've made valid points. Now I do want to see this movie. <laughs> More so than Star Trek. So Whoa, no. that's aggressive. Yeah, that's absolutely insane. fabulous. You want to see Arafab <laughs> yep. before Star Trek? I will. I, I right. think Betsy made some valid points. <laughs> well, that feels good. Yeah. <laughs> And I, I will say that's an amazing conversion. That <laughs> yeah, I was, and, and I was a fan of the. Uh, I was a fan of the original show. Okay, and, and it's the original cast. Yep. So, All right. and they're still funny. They are. Yeah, I mean, uh, Don and French have been funny for many, many years, forever. Uh, and they show up periodically on stuff too. You still mm-hmm. see them uh, perform together. Uh, uh, even like the, you know, one or two of them will show up in like the Harry Potter movies and 
they're they're always really funny. Now, do they still tour together, Don and French at all? That's like a great question. Shows? I'm not sure. I don't know. Mm. I mean, not here. Right. <laughs> but uh, looking forward to it. So, all right. There's a there's actually a lot of different things to see. There's a kids movie, a horror movie, science fiction, and uh, how would you categorize absolutely fabulous? Uh, fabulous. Fab- <laughs> it's a fabulous, <laughs> fabulous comedy. All yeah, right, it's a comedy. Mm-hmm. It's a pure comedy. Uh, all right, that's our show. Oh my god, that was a great episode, man. That it was. was really we, cool. We covered a lot of ground. We covered a lot, a lot of some, ground. some unexpected ground. Yeah, which is which is good. Can I talk about my upcoming screen? Of course, yes. Mm, yeah, yeah no. we, that's our show. Thank you. No, Betsy, by all means, yes. what, what do you got coming up? Where can people find, uh, talk to you online? Where can they find this movie? Right, uh, East LA Energy. Is there a uh, screening schedule, things like that? There is. Um, so you can find us online. We're on Facebook at East LA Interchange Documentary. We're on Twitter at Boyle Heights Doc. Um, our website is, right now is bluewatermedia.org, but we are rebuilding the website. Mm-hmm. So um, it will soon be East LA Interchange It'll be Film. Water. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, and we're still doing our festival run. We um, started last summer and we've already won eight awards at oh, different festivals. So awesome. Yeah, it's really exciting. So if they, they go to any of those places, they can see where upcoming screenings and. They can see. And if they live here in LA, um, it's going to be screening at La Plaza downtown. Town on Thursday, August 25th at 7 p.m. And it's a free screening. Oh, oh cool. nice. So, uh, guys, follow them uh, at uh, Boyle Heights Doc on Twitter and, and East LA Interchange on, on Facebook uh, and, and check out their screenings. It's an amazing film, guys. It's, it's really cool. Sure. And it's, and it's uh, you know, it's worth seeing. Should we announce where Earbuds, the next festival it got in? Yes. Oh, snap. <laughs> We're going close to... Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, in, uh, we're going to Romania <laughs> for the, the they have a comedy film festival in Romania in Transylvania, and earbuds got in. And I, when when wow. Kimberly emailed us, I said, "Oh, this is right near where Asylum was ruined." And yeah. because, uh it's only what one or two countries away to Bulgaria. So, are you going to do your Bulvanian accent I, I at the Q and A? You have to. It's a you know it's, it will be expected of me. So I don't know when that festival is. It's in the fall. Okay. Mm-hmm. But if you um, live in Romania, you probably already know about it. It's a yeah. big festival over there. We, so we have, to get, um, we have to get it subtitled. We do. That's why they ask for a dialogue sheet. Yeah, we need a dialogue <laughs> sheet. We've got to get it subtitled. And then mm-hmm. I'm going to try to go to Romania. Maybe we can do a podcast from Romania. It would be great to do a podcast from Transylvania. I'm sure they have tours. Come on. That'd be really Any great. Romanian fans, you know, want to help yeah, us? Help us yeah, info at comedyfilmers.com. Help, try to help us out. Yeah. We went to Australia last year to watch yes. Star Maybe Wars. Maybe we could stay in someone's castle. No. <laughs> you can. You can, you weirdo. I will be in a hotel with a lock and air conditioning and a security system. I'm not staying in a castle. <laughs> what great tapestries. So. <laughs> That's the last thing you'll say. Yes. <laughs> Chris will be bringing his Ouija board. Yes. And he'll be having a great time. Uh yeah, okay, guys, so um, come to Comic-Con this week. Like we said, yes. Thursday, 8 o'clock, uh, uh, Rick Meyer's Kung Fu Extravaganza. And we'll be walking around the floor, too, so if you see us, come say hi. Come for say sure. hi. We'll be walking around a couple of days. And, um, you know, there's a lot of great stuff at Comic-Con. Check us out. And then, like, like we said, the, um, the Kung Fu Extravaganza is great. We'll be recording a show from Comic-Con. We'll be dropping that a little later. It's going to be a huge all-star podcast. It's going to have Rick Myers, Eric Jacobus, and Neil will all oh, nice. be on the, uh, and we'll be recording it very late at night, so it should be even more interesting. Yeah, it'll be real weird and punchy. Yes. 
Um, I am uh, headlining, if you are in the Chicago area next week, uh, the Zanies at Rosemont, uh, July 27th through the 30th. Uh, check that out. And then also we have um, another uh, episode of Pop Divas will be recorded uh, in August. I believe we are doing that. Let me bring up my calendar. Um we're recording that in August. My computer's working very slow. August 8th, uh, Monday, August 8th, we're recording Pop Divas Live at 6 o'clock in the lab at the Hollywood Improv. And of course, you can listen to that uh, on iTunes now. Finally, it's Pop Divas. I made it two words, not one. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we've done three episodes. Uh, so check that out. And of course, LA Podfest, September 23rd through the 25th. Yes. Um, check that out. Uh, tickets are going fast, like no joke. The lineup is almost full. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got some great shows this year. Yep, and if you can't make it, uh, definitely do the live stream. You'll be able to get $5 off. Use the uh, coupon code CFN, and you'll get the entire show. And the great thing, too, is there's um, some shows that you can only get through the uh, pay-per-view. They're not releasing episodes. Like Welcome to Night Vale and Criminal will not be releasing episodes. So the only way you could see their shows is uh through the uh uh, pay-per-view and this is the earliest we put the pay-per-view on sale so go ahead and grab it lock that down it's uh as chris said it's it's 25 dollars with the coupon code cfn it's 20 yep and you get every show you don't just get ours every you get the whole festival and then the whole festival's archived for three weeks after so uh do all that uh anything else i think is that's our show that's, that's our show. That's pretty much our show, yeah. All right. Thank you so much, Betsy, for being on. Yeah, it was really fun. Good. Thank you for having me. It was great. I love the whole festival world. It makes <laughs> brings this makes this happen. Um, and oh, one thing I wanted to mention real quick. We have some new stuff on the store. Hmm. We actually, uh, we lowered the price of the CFN logo shirts. They are still uh, $14.99. Nice. And uh, we are carrying a new shirt. Some merchandise. We're actually carrying uh, ra- um, uh, Radio Free GOP, which is... <laughs> Uh, I love the logo too it's an upside down elephant for the party in distress yeah so (laughs) there uh, they got a lot to be in distress about their party's being producing that show and the first uh, the first episode I think had Mitt Romney on it talking about why he hates Trump yeah which is great it's the only time I can listen to him where was that Mitt Romney when he was running for president now he's actually uh, it was like Al Gore (laughs) they played to the base too much dude yeah yeah. this is what you Uh get it's like, you know, no, actually show some personality and what mm-hmm. you really think of things. And, you know, people might actually like you more. Um, oh, it's, politics. Oh, God. It's like when... Uh, oh, and this was kind of funny, too. What I, what I just want to say this real quick is that when we were talking to Jeff, you know, making merchandise, he said, um, you know, with the Radio Free GOP, he said all the liberals were kind of fine. with like, yeah, we'll make the shirts or whatever. And like, yeah, we'll carry them. It's it's fine. But all the conservative places, they wouldn't make the shirts. And like, well, you're not making fun of the GOP, are you? I'm like, well, no, it's an active discussion of, you know, everything. I'm like, oh, no, we, we can't work with you. <laughs> they were more bent out of shape than the, uh, the liberals were. So a uh, very interesting Jeez. point. And this is a, um, a, a guy who's been a Republican consultant for many, many years. Right. And he's, he's he actually knows what he's talking he's about. Knows what, and yeah. he's being critical of his own party, which right. is what you should be. Yeah. That's why I'm a registered independent. Yeah. Who watches the Watchmen? <laughs> you got, uh, <laughs> no, no, just it's keep okay. drinking the Kool-Aid yeah, no, until no, no, the party it's, line. It's, Don't ask it's, any it's questions. Fine. You know, there, there's plenty of things that the Democrats do that we're not happy about. Yeah. It's fine. You, you can disagree. You're allowed to say that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, there's like some cool stuff. The, uh, there's a new design for, uh, the thrilling adventure hour, the paper doll shirts that are really cool. We do have some whistling Bane shirts left. They're actually starting to go out again. So you must be promoting them on the road. Sure. Um, and once those are gone, yeah, they're gone. We're not making any more of them. 
Um, so there's some really cool stuff in the store. Like we said, spend the uh, $20 a year, and you are definitely helping us out. So thanks again, everybody. Thank you for su- supporting independent artists. Uh, thank you, Betsy Kalin. My name is Graham Elwood. And I'm Chris Mancini. And as always, remember, Han shot first. <laughs> <laughs>